Hey, welcome to Educate for Life with Ryan Francis. Let's get right into it. This week's episode, I wanted to say a special hello to Jeff. Hi, Jeff. (laughs) I ran into your wife. She said you're a listener of the show. And uh, so I wanted to I wanted to say hi. I'd love it if you jumped on anchor.fm slash educate for life. Again, the number four. And just leave me a voice message. I'd like to say hello. Know, know what you like about the show. And uh, with that, I hope everyone enjoys this episode. I just had the wackiest analogy pop into my head. And I feel like I need to broadcast this everywhere. Okay. okay. So, so go on this. This, slide. Is, a, this is on the highlight reel. This will be. Yeah, on the there highlight. you go. There you go. Hey Chloe, <laughs> clip this one. So, um, all right. So quantum mechanics. Right. What we understand about quantum mechanics is that there's a lot that we can't measure. Right. So when we try to measure it, it looks like chaos. Mm-hmm. In fact, it looks like multiple things are happening simultaneously. Mm-hmm. That somehow that chaos produces order. We understand orbits. Right. We, under, we can predict gravity. We can predict um, airflow and resistance and friction. We can predict all of these things on the macro, even though the micro is apparently just nonsense. There is so much going on. We try to record it and we just can't. We just can't. This is a limit to our instruments. This is a limit to our understanding. We're, we're very close to it and yet cannot genuinely perceive it. Here's what I think about predicting global politics versus how I'm going to respond to seeing my aunt who I haven't seen in years as a random example. I'm living my own micro reality. I am not living the micro reality of the international politics. I am living the macro reality of the international politics. So just imagine that when I'm trying to make a decision for myself, because I think we are our own biggest blind spot. Why? Why are we our biggest blind spot? Boom. This analogy occurred to me because we are experiencing all of it. Right. We're experiencing all that micro chaos And if literally I was able to separate me from me and just watch myself in the macro, I'd be like, oh yeah, do this, 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 that'd be great. Boom. Suddenly it all works out. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. But we're somehow trying to compensate for all of our incomplete data. We're trying to determine a pattern out of, with our current tools, the patternless to make a choice. Right. Based on micro information that we still don't, fully comprehend but when we're perceiving on the macro suddenly it's all ordered and perfectly sane and makes sense and you can predict your friend's behavior and what they're going to say next and you can understand all of these things and you're just as predictable to your friends but somehow not as predictable to yourself right right and so you know i love it when people say oh yeah you're you're that way you know it's like really <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I am. <laughs> that you, you really think so? I, I don't think so. <laughs> but it, that's that's just it. You have that different of difference of perspective, right? You know, and sometimes this is again so many branching conversations about judging by intent versus action versus result. 
Um, you know, those are three different things, but they um, get lumped together and then we choose to judge them as if they're all three the same thing, which is just right. not the case. Um, it's very easy to judge someone on the result of their action versus the intent of their action, um, yada, yada, yada versus ourselves. But essentially there's this interpretive matrix that is happening and we may get offended that someone sees us in a certain way because they're lacking some critical piece of information that's within us. Right. That we are experiencing or the action that we took before that, that they didn't see in there. So they don't have the context of that or whatever else. Right. And again, there's, there's a whole lot of room to play with our understanding of interpretation and self-talk and, and the stories that we tell ourselves about the world and our friends and ourselves and on and on and on and on. But kind of long short, I think, this last basically hour of conversation has really come down to how we step into those things that occur to us and those things that we choose to enact. Right. And understanding how much what defines a transition (laughs) Mm -hmm. has to do with how we engage with it consciously or unconsciously. Exactly. And that's really what it all boils down to. We're going through transitions all the time, consciously or unconsciously. Mm -hmm. You know, it's amazing how much I'll look at someone and go, you have really grown. And like, what are you talking about? Like they don't even see their own growth. It's like, you've clearly gone through a transition that was invisible to you. It's it's like the need for eyeglasses. You don't realize that your eyes are bad until they're you put bad. On. Right, right until you put somebody's try somebody's glasses. Uh, that's what happened to me. I think I was I was thirty years old and uh, I was just goofing with somebody. So let me try your glasses. And I looked at a, a brick wall and it's like, wow, there's really mortar between the bricks. You know? <laughs> it was like, oh, I guess I better go get my eyes checked. <laughs> Up to that point, I thought I had great vision, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting how we compensate for our own limitations. But again, that's understanding the difference between a limitation and a weakness. Limitations don't have to be seen as weaknesses. They can just be seen as limitations and we can choose to push our limits. Right. Or we can choose to compensate for our limits or do whatever we need to do. This is, there's, it's so easy to get judgmental about. Well, it's, 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 yeah, exactly. It's a judgment of a weakness. You, know, you judge that limitation that you have as, as a weakness. And... Um, I don't think that's necessarily true. It, it may be to somebody it's a weakness to, to, to yourself, especially to yourself, I guess. It's, you, you, you judge that, that limitation that you have as, as a severe weakness, and it, it, sometimes you get caught on it and you can't, you can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. Instead of just saying, hey, this is a limitation I've placed on myself, where did it come from? Where are the underlying assumptions? And yes. Where, where, where is all this coming from that, that, that I'm letting affect me right now? Yeah, which is even, it's almost worse when we cease to be ignorant because then we hold ourselves accountable for our ignorance. <laughs> it's total BS. I yeah. was just talking to Aaron about this the other day and I'm going to make a, a little clip, not from this necessarily, but I, I know I'm going to talk about it on my Instagram. Um, this idea that we can only hold ourselves accountable for what we know from the point that we learned it. 
And it's so often that when we learn something new, we then hold ourselves accountable for all the actions that we took when we were ignorant of that knowledge, but we can't reasonably hold ourselves accountable for that. I mean, we can hold ourselves accountable if there was a sign, if there were apparent things that could have told us, okay, time for the path of growth. You can go learn some things and maybe would have discovered along the way there. But as you said, so much of what we learn is by bumping into things. It's like, now that I'm aware, now suddenly I hold myself accountable for all the times I acted from ignorance And now I'm not forgiving myself. So I am double carrying the burden of what I just learned. Sure. Which is, again, a normal human response because we have an elevated emotional reaction in order to increase the likelihood that we'll do the, quote, right thing, unquote, the next time. And I get that. I understand it's very human to do that. I also know that it's sometimes incredibly inefficient. And we'd be much better off to go, wow, I didn't know that then. But I know it now. And I will act differently going forward. And I have some emotion around that. Um, And simultaneously, I don't need to beat myself up. Right. You know, we so often, again, talk about judgment. We beat each other up for each other's ignorance. So then we hold ourselves accountable for our ignorance. I think it would be much, it would be much more valuable to say, well, now you know now. So now let's do different. Well, I I know myself, I fall in the trap of beating myself over the past, you know, Um, you know, like, I don't know, just today I was thinking about some some negative thing I did in my past and, and I was starting to go down that rabbit hole and I was like, done. You can't do anything about it. It's done. It's yeah. done. It's gone. It's It doesn't exist anymore. You've learned from it. You know you're not that person now. You know you wouldn't you wouldn't do that today given the same set of circumstances. But... At that point, no, you did this and you caused some pain. You caused pain in another person. You caused pain in, and in the long run, you caused pain in yourself, right? I think that's the nature of sin. I don't, I, I think sin is, uh, you know, oh, you know, you did something horrendous to God or whatever. No, you're doing something to yourself. You are inflicting a hurt on yourself. That's what sin is. And, uh, you know, not to say, you know, hey, you know, just going to go live this but Clive in life and, you know, <laughs> nothing matters, you know. No, well, no, I, I actually was going to nerd out. I was going to take a mystic a mysticism approach to that and say, you know, in my Catholic upbringing, I was taught that sin is a separation between an individual and God. Right. And so sin you know, we act in sin when we take actions that separate us from God. So there's lots of ways to interpret that based on moral expectations and so on and so forth. What I'd like to do instead is categorize it based on what you just said, Mm -hmm. which is in mysticism, God and me, me and God are one, you know, God and I are one, um, God and I, you know, are one. So there's this idea that I think is really critical for us to all reflect on. Um, it's my personal opinion. This idea that when we hurt others, we hurt ourselves. We've probably heard that a thousand times in different forms of idioms and so on. It's over the golden rule, you know, join others, all that stuff. Really what it comes down to is when we take actions outside of integrity, right. to your point, that could be seen as a sinful action. 
because I am separating from whatever is my higher good, my, my, my better, my better knowledge, my whatever else. So when I act outside of integrity, I create a separation in myself. Yeah. I think integrity is a really good, good choice of words. And, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, I've always, you know, prided myself on, you know, being a person of integrity. Um, and, when I've let down that integrity, that standard of integrity that I hold for myself has been, that's been some of the most brutal, you know, brutal times of self-reflection, self-loathing and, you know, level one soup, you know, <laughs> level one crappy soup, you know, when, yeah. when, when, when I have done that. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, integrity has, a, I, I, you know, I really, I never, I, the notion of integrity or self-integrity really didn't occur to me until I, I worked for somebody when I was in college, you know, and, uh, and, uh, I, these people put, I, I, you know, I had a father that put much trust in me and whatever parents that kind of, they never did. And, but I worked for this guy. Interesting. He's a Mormon guy. Um, but he was kind of a hippie Mormon, which if you can imagine that, hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, he liked to smoke pot a lot, but he was, he was cool. But he, you know, he, I'd say, you know, I'd say, well, are you trusting me with this? He goes, yeah. He goes, you have more integrity in your, you know, a shaving of your little fingernail than, than most people have in their whole body. He says, of course they trust you with this. And I was like, well, you know, well. I didn't realize that about myself. And from that point forward, I always look at myself and my actions in in terms of my integrity. And I find it also interesting that when I am acting out of integrity, how how many people misinterpret that too? And how many people are, um, they get frightened by it, that, you know, because... um, They're frightened by how integral you are. So when you're acting... Right. With integrity, it shocks people. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, uh, you know, the domestication, to put it in your Toltec terms, is yeah. like the domestication, in, 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 in especially in American society, is never let the truth stop you from doing what's right. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, I'm going to get that dollar no matter what. And mm. too bad if you suffer. You know, it's a very level, it's a very kind of almost, you know, hybrid of level two, level three thing. Exactly. And, and it's like, I can't, I have a real hard time because I can't live that way. It's like, look, I want everybody, I want everybody to, to gain here. Everybody that I can, you know, that I, that I can come and contact. I don't want to take anything from anybody. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time taking stuff even for myself because it's like. A very level four. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting because, uh, people have similar reactions to how strong my convictions are mm-hmm. and and they're like, Oh, but this, that, and the other, and they make excuses for why it won't be the way that I perceive with my conviction. And it seems to be, they think that somehow I'm judging them for not doing the thing that I have the conviction to do. It's like, no, 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 you can, you can make the choices you're going to make and I'm going to make different choices. And what it really is being communicated in that judgment is, but it's hard to do the way that you want to do it. It's like, yeah, but that's what, that's the purpose of, that's the use of conviction. It is because I have conviction that I'm able to make the difficult choice. 
right. do the difficult thing and have the good results that you don't currently have. And when I say good, I mean, they are judging the results that I will get as good. Right. I don't mean that it is universally good. I mean, they're like, oh, wouldn't that be nice? And then I achieve it. I take the action and I get the result that I intend. And then like, oh shit, it is possible. It's like, yes, it's possible because of my conviction. Right. <laughs> it's possible because I did the difficult thing and I, you know, and I went through it and I chose to have the hard emotional experience, right. challenging emotional experience. I took that as an opportunity to get the thing that I wanted at the end of it, as opposed to back away to be more comfortable now and then be miserable and at, at a continuous, you know, a more, a more typical misery, <laughs> a more consistent misery right. instead of concentrated misery and then getting the benefit sure. on the other getting, side. Getting clear. Go through, go through the looking glass, as it were, and, yeah. and, and see what's on the other side rather than, you know, holding it in your hand and, and contemplating it or, yes. or just not even being aware that you have it in your hand. We, choose, we all choose our problems consciously or unconsciously. We all choose our mistakes consciously or unconsciously. Right. I would rather consciously choose my mistakes and consciously choose my problems to the degree to which I am able, to the degree to which I am conscious and aware, knowing that I have limited perception and I have limited expertise. So right. I will do what I can within my power, within the bounds that I understand to be able to do. And I will reap as much reward as possible, reward in quotation marks, simply meaning um, results that are more aligned with what I want than not to be cleared what I mean by that. Um, that's, my, that's my goal. That's my aim. And do I do fantastically with that? No, there's like, I could name you probably 25 things in the last three months I wish I'd done better. And of those 25 things, 20 of them absolutely are a result of me not consciously engaging with right. it. And I know that. And I also accepted with self-compassion that I was going to probably need to let 25 things fall to make five things go well. Uh -huh. And would I really love to have all 30 things be cooking? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love that. I also know that there's only that I do have limitations and this idea that we're boundless beings is totally thwarted by three dimensional reality. Like I, there's only so many hours a day. There's only so much energy in your body. Like unless you've mastered some mystical connection to some other fuel source for your body, which if you have, man, hit me up, let me know. I'll put in the hard work. I'll figure it out. Um, I know there are books about that. I've read those books and right. so far I don't, there's only some of them that have had a positive effect on me, but like hit me up, let me know. Um, <laughs> Hey y'all, just want to take a quick break in the action, let you know that if you're enjoying what you're listening to, please do recommend it to a friend. I would love to expand my audience, and the best ways to do that are word of mouth and reviewing my podcast on the iTunes Apple podcast platform. If you'd like to leave me a voice comment, go over to anchor.fm slash educate for life, anchor.fm slash educate the number four life, and might even end up in the show. For more information about what I'm up to, please check out my website, www.educate4.life. That's educate, the number four, dot life. Now, back to the show. But yeah, that, even that, even the joke I just made goes back to hard work. I would need to consciously engage in the solution to my problem and not expect someone to show up and inject me with something and magically I'd be transformed. Well, and then you have those Homer Simpson moments, you know, boom. Yeah. Oh, 
I, you know, you, you, like something happens, you have an interaction or whatever, and and, and you come away from it. Yeah. And maybe hours later, the next day, whenever, in contemplation, it's like, oh, this would have been easy, you know, just just that had I said this or that, right. and you know, because I have the capacity in my consciousness to to do that. Right. Well, why didn't it occur to me right then? Right. Was I, you know, was I was I suffering from low blood sugar or, or what was the deal? Right. Right. Yeah, and all that's a real possibility too. Uh, and and I, I want to be clear again that saying that I choose to be on the path of growth doesn't mean I'm still not simultaneously on the path of learning. It's it's again a way to call out this idea of having growth mindset versus fixed mindset. Right. Right. Whereas the path of learning, if we're engaging with the path of learning, then we're taking ourselves out of fixed mindset in order to make changes, but we're still being reactive. And in the path of growth, we're proactive. But that doesn't mean that we won't have moments we need to be reactive. It doesn't mean that we can right. perfectly predict things. We still bump into things. We just respond differently when we bump into those things when we're in the path of growth than we're on the path of learning. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. So I think it might be valuable to see if there's any major takeaways that you've had from the conversation um, that we can kind of throw in at the end here. If someone like TLDR'd this, you know, too long didn't read or too long didn't listen, TLDR <laughs> conversation, um, what they might take away or what they might be able to apply right away. Uh, I, I, I think that they can take away that, uh, you know, that A, transition is a, uh, it's a con kind of constant thing. And that, you know, that this, this proactivity or, or reactivity has a lot to, you know, a lot in what you would call a positive or a negative transition or, or the nature of a transition as being positive or negative. Um, you know, we in the coaching world would like to think that we're going to make everything positive, you know? Oh yeah. We're going to make everything positive. And, uh, it's not necessarily true. I think that I think the notion that you know, I think we you touched on this about all these levels of energy being occurring simultaneously. You know, I think for me when I was doing this training, and I let my mind go to it and saw this just this all these things happening inside this bubble of me, right? All these all these energies were going on at one time. And it's, it's very true. It's all happening. You know, you're, you're positive and negative at the same time. You're happy and sad. You're, you know, hungry and sated. You're, you know, fulfilled and still questioning all at the same time. It's just where, okay, how do you focus your attention? Uh, and, and again, this, this notion of self-compassion, forgiving yourself, especially in light of the notion of domestication. Okay. I mean, there is so much pressure to, I mean, I struggle every day. I drive, I, I, okay, you know me, I drive Uber a few days a week. Mm -hmm. It gets me out of my house and I get to talk to people and yeah. I do some coaching. <laughs> it's it's kind of cool. Um, but, um, you know, I see all this affluence around me and it just, you know, it's like, wow, you know, why don't I have that? Or do I really want that? Or why did I choose not to seek that? Mm. And it's like, and I get to that domestication thing. It's mm. like, okay, am I, but then the other question, the, the domestication question that overlies it is like, 
oh, you know, was I, you know, am I just rejecting that? Am I just being, you know, obstinate and contrarian? And, and, and <laughs> I've never known you to be contrarian, sir. Never, not at all. <laughs> good God, good God. <laughs> Devil's advocate. I would never. I'm sure that no one's ever called you that before. Oh, never. No. No, whatever. Um, yeah, some, I, people say, I, some people say I like to poke the bear. <laughs> flip the bear? Poke, poke the bear. Oh, poke the bear. I don't know where yeah. I got flip from. Yeah, yeah. poke the bear. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think perturbation can be incredibly valuable. Yeah. It just depends on whether or not it's welcome. <laughs> That's true, and and, I, and I've and I've learned I've learned how to temper that. Well, as in in my coaching practice, I give full heads up slash ask permission before I engage in perturbation. Right. Um, unless I've explicitly been given a, a go ahead um, through, you know, laying groundwork that I'll throw in the perturbation. Mm-hmm. And I think that sudden left turn uh, will help the conversation and I'm fully mm-hmm. prepared. Again, not being attached, attached to the outcome is very critical. I'm fully mm-hmm. prepared for someone to be like, yeah, it didn't work. Great. Fine. Whatever. Let's move on. Yep. That perturbation didn't do it for you, or if that felt like it triggered you in a, in a negative way, now you're stuck in the trigger. Then obviously that's not. Oh, I've been I've been done slapped in the face on that one a few times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I've I've been very fortunate that I've only I can only think of one time ever in practice that um, I went with perturbation, and the client was like, "Yeah, that's not jiving with me." And it wasn't like they were reacting negatively against me personally. Like I had made a poor choice. Right. It's like, yeah, no, that's, I, that doesn't, that doesn't take any boxes for me. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's move, let's move right on. That's, that's good. That's a nice reaction. I got, you're an asshole. Ah. <laughs> you're, well, yeah. It's like, if, wow, that I hit a button, you know? Yeah. Well, like, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to be like, okay, are you ready for asshole Ryan? And yeah. I'll, I'll own it first. And they'll yeah. be like, yeah, hit me. And then I say it. And then they're like, well, that's not much of an asshole. I'm like, well, that's because you're prepared. Cause I said, here comes right. asshole Ryan. And that right. was also why you could respond positively with it. There's a, you know, there's a method to the madness, but mm-hmm. uh, anyway, yeah. To, to your point about major takeaways, uh, I would say that becoming increasingly conscious of our choices first, no, mm. not even needing to know why right, or how or what we would do differently. So much of it is becoming conscious and then in becoming conscious, releasing the judgment of it. Mm. Because once we start releasing the judgment of it, including releasing our judgment about judging ourselves, oh, Lord, I was judging myself again. Well, that's once you accept that judging yourself is natural, then you stop to judging yourself for judging. And then it's amazing how much other judgment you let go. It's just so, it's so very meta. But as we do that as humans, humans in my experience, the judgment starts to disappear and dissipate. Not that it goes away forever or permanently, but we are able to then see new opportunities and new options and new choices. And then when we see those new choices, we might actually take them. And then when we take them, we might get different results. And so as we engage with ourselves, recognizing our transitions, accepting we're human, having some self-compassion, releasing judgment, just that increasing awareness and releasing judgment, there's you know, tens of techniques on um, how to do that um, with meditation and coaching and journaling and therapy and all those things, whatever it happens to be. Um, just, just starting there. 
can be massively empowering. And suddenly you can get more of what you want out of a transition that you consciously want. Um, and less of what you don't. It doesn't mean you're not going to get anything you don't want or you're going to get everything you do want. It just means that you'll start to tip the scales a bit and that can be incredibly exciting. And then that feeds on itself and leads to more success in the future. I kind of want that for everybody. So, yeah. Um, So what do you think? You think we're going to continue? Because I noticed, you know, I had started off these these three decision-making, point three decision-making topics here. And I started off, what if you have too many choices? Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, developing the capacity to just go. Yeah, those are two two topics. Yeah, that I would like to uh, explore further if, if you if you feel uh, we can do that. Yeah, what I would love to do is I would love to schedule a follow up. Sure. And then we'll just see how much we cover of the you know the decision making part of the topic. And, um, you know, cause we talked a little bit about the traps you fall into, but that could be a whole other conversation. Yeah. I have scars. On, I have scars on my ankles from getting hit by the bear trap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah. Do you want to schedule that right now? Uh, wanna, like sync back up later. Which yeah. Is let's do it. I'm, like today is crazy. And I've got all this shit going on with this real estate transaction. Mm. Uh, give me maybe a couple of days and I'll get in touch with you by text or whatever and Perfect. see what we can do. Perfect. Okay. That sounds fantastic. All right. Fucking rad, hey. man. Peace. <laughs> Have a good day, dude. I'll catch uh, you. I, lo- I love you, Ryan. Take it Thanks, easy. Man. I love you too. <laughs> Bye-bye. Hey again. Thanks for listening. If you want more goodness, come hang out with me on Instagram at educate for underscore life. That's educate, the number four, underscore life. I jump on almost every day and go live once per week to answer questions and just talk about what's on my mind. We've got some cool stuff coming down the pipe, so expect some announcements in the near future. And with that, I hope you have a great week. Talk with you soon. <laughs>